This is a broadcast of SmallCapVoice.com, a financial communications and investor relations firm. SmallCapVoice.com receives payment for investor relations and financial consulting services that it provides to its clients. You should assume that officers, directors, and employees of SmallCapVoice.com or financial analysts mentioned and their families hold a position and intend to trade in these securities for their own accounts. This is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be nor should it be construed as investment advice. As in all investments, an investment in a featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This broadcast does not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used and statements of fact have been obtained from the featured company and other sources but not verified nor guaranteed by smallcapvoice.com as to completeness or accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice. You're wired in smallcapvoice.com. Following is a presentation of smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support. Now, with your online business briefing, smallcapvoice.com's Stuart T. Smith. Everyone, welcome back to smallcapvoice.com, where, as you just heard, I'm your host, Stuart Smith. And once again, we're going to shine a spotlight on some of the smartest and freshest plays on the small and microcap markets. Today, we're speaking with Hispanica International Delights of America. The company's traded on the OTCQB under the ticker symbol HI. SP. We're lucky enough to be joined by the chairman and CEO of the company, Fernando Oswaldo Leonzo. Fernando, how are you today? Hi, how are you, Stuart? I'm doing very well, my friend. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to call in, speak to your shareholders, as well as our listeners. And for those listeners who may not be familiar with what you're doing there at HISP, if you would, describe the business model and markets for us. Sure, thank you. Hispanica International, or as we go by our stock symbol, HISP, we're a diversified food company in the natural, with, uh, in the natural food space of beverages and snacks that have uh, ethnic flavor influences, if you will, in which we started off as a, uh, a distribution business a couple of years back, and now our focus has been to solidify the, uh, the brands that we represent and, and, and have special arrangements or, or exclusivity with and integrating them within our distribution channels. We have a, a full line of beverages and snacks, and uh, we're a diversified food company as well. Excellent. Well, thanks for that overview. Let's learn a little bit about you as our guest. You're the C- CEO and chairman of the company. Tell us about your background and any other key members of the management team. Sure. Thank you. Well, I, uh, starting with myself, I have approximately a little over 17 years of uh, food industry experience uh, to date. I, I've been involved with uh, companies uh, that are geared in the, uh, the manufacturing and distribution of, uh, of products, whether they be in the beverage space and or snack uh, categories. I've worked with gourmet food distributors and importers, catering to some of the well-known retailers across the country. And for the past 17 years, I've worked, obviously, for companies and, and brands that were geared at one point or another specifically towards the ethnic food market, and particularly the uh, Hispanic food space, but as well as uh, other companies that are what you would consider mainstream market categories. In that uh, realm over the last 17 years, <clears throat> I've been involved with uh, companies, both private and public, 
uh, companies that have been as small as you know a couple of million dollars in revenues to companies doing well in excess of over a hundred million dollars in, in annualized revenues. Next in line is Mr. Robert Gunther. He is our chief operating officer, and uh, Robert brings over 25 years of experience in uh, manufacturing, marketing, and sales, primarily obviously in the consumer space. He has been instrumental in helping us keep Hispanica uh, compliant in regards to our public company and our filings, uh, dealing with all the nuances of the uh, corporate management uh, administration, and of course, our bookkeeping. The next uh, gentleman in our team uh, is our president and also current board director, John Romagosa. Now, John is, uh, has been in the ethnic food market space for also approximately now 18 years. He's been director with a company called Latin Sales Marketing, um, catering to some of the larger, uh, well-known uh, brands and companies that cater to the Hispanic food market in particular. Him and his father, uh, at one point in his family, owned a company out of Jersey City by the name of Falcon International, um, a company that was at one point doing approximately close to $100 million in revenues. He's very, very well in tune with the industry and, and the people that uh, are involved in the ethnic food market and has been a key asset in helping us integrating our, our business model and plan. In regards to our uh, board, uh, we do have two uh, additions to the board members, uh, Dr. Bassam Damaj, who is uh, currently president and CEO of, uh, of a company called Denovis. Dr. Damaj uh, obviously has a lot of experience uh, within the realm of, of navigating all, all the aspects of being a publicly traded company, both on the OTC uh, markets, but uh, also even on the, uh, the NASDAQ. We recently brought in board, on board another board director by the name of Randy Borholtz. Now, Randy's been a uh, practicing attorney for, for quite a number of years. Um, he's had a private practices in uh, New York and in San Diego, where he's based out of now. And he's also been a key instrument for our company in regards to helping us navigate through the channels of, of a public company. As far as members who have been helping us and advising us from the food industry side as well, we uh, recently brought on board a gentleman by the name of Stephen Weinreb. Uh, now, Stephen is, uh, is a gentleman who has many, many years of experience in the food industry, as at one point he was uh, actually uh, CEO of a company called uh, American Rice, which was one of the largest rice milling companies uh, in marketers that was sold uh, several years back to, to a larger food company. And uh, Stephen has been very instrumental in helping us by bringing companies, smaller brands, if you will, that uh, we've been obviously engaging in and, and having discussions with in regards to uh, adding them to our portfolio. Just recently, about a week or so ago, we announced that we brought on board uh, from the from the food science field, Dr. Chang, Dr. Greg, uh, we call him. <laughs> Dr. Chang has uh, been very instrumental in helping us recently with a lot of the food uh, R&D developments of uh, new items that we're looking to unfold and bring out to the marketplace, uh, particularly in the, in the beverage space. I have worked with Dr. Chang for a couple of years and recently have asked him to join us and join our team, at which point he is, he's agreed to and he's really enthusiastic about uh, uh, helping Hispanica with our portfolio of products that we will be launching and announcing uh, hopefully within the next couple of weeks uh, from to date. And, and from there, that's, that's our corporate, uh, corporate structure, if you will, from board to management to advisors. Of course, we have uh, key people on the ground that work for us, and they've all, they're also a key part of uh, an instrumental in helping us with our, with our management. 
Well, what a diversified team that you've got there with professionals from all over the industry. So congratulations and kudos for putting that together. Let's talk about the company's history so far, recent history, the last three months of 2017, how the company started that off, and the growth that you saw in 2016. Go ahead. Last year, 2016, although our fiscal calendar, uh, we're on a fiscal 2017 uh, uh, as we speak because our fiscal year starts from um, June 1st and ends May 31st. But for the calendar year 2016, if I may, I'd like to go ahead and just give a quick rundown of our accomplishments that we did last year. We obviously closed and acquired our first acquisition, which was a company out of uh, Gilroy, California, by the name of Energy Source Distributors Incorporated. We were able to secure the financing for that deal that was, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, an underwritten commercial uh, lending source that was done. So it wasn't a form of shares that were issued to the to the sellers of that business and or we did not raise capital to the, to the equity markets, if you will, in order to, to finance that transaction. So we secured the funding for the acquisition Energy Source Distributors Incorporated which for us was a big accomplishment because it gained us uh, an access or a foothold in perhaps one of the biggest, if not the biggest, the best, uh, the most uh, significant market for us on the West Coast, certainly, if not at the United States, and that's obviously California. From that particular location in Northern California, we have access to, to the state of California, and now we have a, a means, if you will, uh, because of the fact that we cater to certain key uh, accounts, key uh, chains and stores that we're working with, companies like 7-Eleven, Shell, you know, uh, Safeway, Valero, Knob Hill. I mean, you know, we have the list of chains and stores that we cater to in, on the West Coast directly by way of our wholly owned subsidiary energy source has gained us access that we've never had before. Uh, up until that point, we were primarily selling our proprietary product, if you will, to several wholesalers uh, and grocery distributors on the East Coast, and you know now we have the, the ability uh, to to service certain key accounts directly, and of course as, as an vendor approved uh, company with those uh, key accounts, it's vital for us in, in order to 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 be able to leverage those relationships when the time comes for us to introduce new product lines, new new items, new SKUs as, as they call them, uh, into those key accounts. The other important factor that we did, uh, very significant in 2016 that we accomplished, was that we were able to raise, uh, we did a round of financing in which we raised approximately a little over $700,000, placed with accredited individuals as well as two institutional investors. That was the first time that we had raised the capital in that fashion through the institutional level. So the level of, um, um, or better yet, the the way uh, these institutional investors have viewed us, um, having not only accomplished what we did in our first acquisition, but of course we uplisted to the, the OTCQB, which gives us a higher level of transparency for our, our investors, at the same time that we've gotten the credibility, if you will, uh, necessary so that we could finally be able to bring on board institutional investors and our, and our plans going forward are to be able to attract that caliber of uh, in, uh, investors um, as we continue to grow and as we continue to become uh, transparent and, and, and be able to demonstrate our, our growth patterns. Another thing that we were able to successfully do uh, in 2016 is that we filed a registration statement for the second time. Most people may not may or may not know this, but we became a public company by way of an S-1 registration. It was the first time when we filed the very first time to become public. That's how that's how we uh, were able to channel initially 
what was necessary through the SEC, of course, to, to become a public company. But uh, recently, in 2016, we, we filed this uh, registration statement again, and uh, which became effective just last month. So it just gives another level of uh, transparency, a level of confidence, we believe, to our investors that the management team understands and knows what it needs to uh, in order to channel through it, through the, uh, through the compliance issues, if you will, um, as a public company as, and, and, of course, as a fully transparent and, and reporting uh, public company. That we purchased last year, our revenues, as, as can be shown quarter to quarter, um, have steadily grown exponentially from where we were just less than a year ago. So continuously, every single quarter going forward, we, we want our plans are to continue to show that those exponential growth patterns uh, on a quarterly basis. We also, uh, as I mentioned before in the, uh, in the description or the introduction of our management and board, we certainly have enhanced our, our board of directors, starting initially with two and three members. Now we're up to five. And, of course, the caliber of experience that we're bringing to the board of directors has been significant in helping the, the management of the company navigate through the public markets as we have. And, of course, the, the management side of it, both in the, in the food space in particular, has been enhanced as well as we continue to bring on industry veterans who have a successful track record in the industry, um, whether they be for as, as advisors to the board like, uh, like Stephen Weinreb or food science experts to help us with the, our, our product developments like Dr. Chang. Um, we will continue to bring on those, those veterans, if you will, those experts uh, in the food space to help grow our company. Well, thank you so much for that, Fernando. Now, looking forward, what are some of the goals and any closing thoughts and comments for the shareholders and listeners? Well, for 2017, we have, we have goals that we're actually executing on because these goals were actually developed, uh, and for the most part, from last year, 2016. So, of course, you plan the year before and you, you try to execute within a couple of months from the time that you set these goals. So, for 2016, um, one of the things that we that we need that I can feel now at liberty to to disclose because we recently filed our 10Q. Our last 10Q that we just filed was technically our four, our third quarter, which encompassed uh, uh, December, January, and February. From a seasonality standpoint, you're talking about the lowest point uh, of sales in regards to the beverage space or the beverage industry, since most of our sales currently are derived from the beverage market. Um, that technically for us in seasonality is our lowest point. At the same time, we had a, uh, we had certain issues regarding our flagship product, a Grand Nevada beverage that we sell and distribute, um, in which there was two quarters of setbacks because there were no per- there was no production of that product for for two quarters. Now that's very significant because the the issue um, recently has been resolved, and in fact, the production will be back online at the end of this month in April, going into May. Now, having said that, we have obviously a certain amount of backlog orders for that line of products at the same time that we've been able to negotiate and we'll be releasing the details as far as the enhancement of our relationship of the, or better yet, the exclusivity nature of that relationship with our company. That, coupled with the fact that we will disclose at some point uh, exactly where we are manufacturing our products and how significant that is because, of course, where that plant is, uh, or better yet, who that plant belongs to, um, it is a key uh, recognizable company in the in the beverage space, and having them give us the confidence to manufacture at their facility speaks volumes, if you will, about the, the potential for that uh, for those products in our portfolio. Being back on track at the same time that we're hitting our stride in the summer seasons, we expect a significant turnaround, and so uh, turnaround in both our sales and revenues. 
um, and of course our, our distribution, and that in itself, I believe, will put us past these past two quarters to Q2 and Q3, in which we believe, in our opinion, of course, that those were uh, our low points um, in, in terms of overall uh, market and sales and so forth. Going into the rest of the year, our plans are to continue to grow our brands, um, in particular this, uh, the, the Grand Nevada beverage that I mentioned to you about, but the OER also in, uh, in, in final stages of, of solidifying our relationships with uh, uh, brands in the snack category and the integration of those brands into our current distribution as well as the distribution channels that we're opening up um, will be significant, we believe, in, our, in terms of revenues and growth. Um, we are also working on this year to solidify a, a, a next, our next transaction, if you will, that would allow us to have a footprint in our home market here of New York and New York City tri-state region um, so that we could also have a direct store delivery a channel, just like we do in, on the West Coast, here in the biggest market, consumer market in the United States. But these are very significant as far as revenue growth drivers, as well as improvement of our margins, and at the same time that we have been able to resolve our manufacturing, or better yet, the manufacturing uh, issues that have plagued our flagship product. These are very important in the, in the growth potential of our company for this year. Excellent. Well, listeners, once again, we're speaking with Chairman and CEO Fernando Oswaldo Leonzo of Hispanica International Delights of America Incorporated, traded under that ticker symbol one more time, H-I-S-P. You can learn more about the company at HispanicaDelights.com. Fernando, thanks so much for your time here today. Thank you so much, Stuart. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. For Fernando Leonzo, this is Stuart Smith saying thanks so much for listening. Smallcapvoice.com today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support provides its clients with the highest level of service. Our audio interviews are disseminated to one of the largest opt-in audiences available today. How? We at smallcapvoice.com believe in aligning and affiliating ourselves with other leaders within the investor relations community. By sharing resources, each affiliated firm is made that much stronger and each client is served that much better. Our focus is to identify and provide the very best financial services and solutions available to clients and their shareholders. For more information about our services, please call us at 512-267-2430 or visit us on the web at www.smallcapvoice.com.